2: Tuesday afternoon, welcome to Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm, Super Talk TV, and of course, it goes without saying, on your Super Talk Mississippi radio stations. We're glad to be with you in the Pearl River Resort studio, Pearl River Resort, the home of the sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. That is where we will be broadcasting live from 3 to 6 on Thursday, the sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. Learn more about them at pearlriverresort.com. The C Spire text line is open to you. Be sure to check out Connect and Protect from C Spire. Maybe you're thinking about a new device for your children or one of your children uh, with the holidays coming up. Well, be sure that you're using Connect and Protect. It's the phone your kids want with easy-to-use parental controls for you. Just $30 a month with AutoPay. Learn more at cspire.com. C Spire, customer inspired. Alongside Brian Haydad and Michael Borky, I'm Richard Cross. We are glad to be with you this afternoon. We have now made it to day two of Mississippi State's search for a new head football coach. Do oh, we know yet, Hey Dad, who the next coach is going to be? No, it's not Jamie Chadwell. Well, there yet th- there is no breaking news on the fourteenth of November at three oh seven p.m. Oh, Richard, there. If there, there was breaking was.
1: news, if there was breaking news. Borky would play the breaking news music. Yeah. But there we don't hear that music in my headset. I was so we don't hear that in my headset.
3: excited for the possibility to do this today. But and
2: yet it was a Breaking news. It
3: was a fake. I was so excited. So for those of you that don't spend your afternoon with Twitter pulled up, first of all, congratulations to you. You live life healthy. Um there was a photo, a screenshot going around of a Jamie Chadwell tweet where on the bottom, the location, because that is a thing that you can enable when you're on social media, it will tell people where exactly you are when you send it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we want to tell people that, but that is a thing that people want to tell other people. So he was teasing his coach's show tomorrow night with a location that said Starkville, Mississippi. And then so I saw that. Uh, Because it was making its rounds, and I immediately not not that we thought his coach's show was going to be in Starkville. No, that the location when he sent that tweet was Starkville, Mississippi, and so I immediately went to Jamie Chadwell's page, and found that tweet, but it didn't have the location on it. It had it turned off, and so I thought, okay, that looks really real, though can you turn location off after the fact? I did a little digging. Sure enough, you absolutely can turn the location off after the fact. So maybe he caught himself and realized, or his social media team or whatever was like, hey, coach, uh, you gotta go fix this, and fixed it. And the, the idea that For all the hard work that people put into coaching searches, both locally and nationally, how many people they bother, how many agents they deal with, how many sources they... All the work that goes into coaching searches just for the coach to break the news by accidentally leaving
2: his location on would have been the funniest thing. And it's not real. The original tweet was from the Liberty Flames Sports Network. Programming note, the Liberty Football Show with Coach Chadwell, presented by Freedom First Credit Union, will be Wednesday, this week, 7 to 8, at Mellow Mushroom. Jamie Chadwell quote-tweeted that. See everyone on Wednesday. That quote-tweet actually happened yesterday, before we even came on the air. November thirteenth, two forty-nine p.m. Location: Starkville, Mississippi.
1: Now it would have been something if 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 Selman had been able to fire Arnett in the morning and have Chadwell here by just after lunch. That that's that's working smarter, not harder. There.
2: Yeah, you know, you do have to use mm. a little bit of common sense, Borky, though. So disappointed to find out, not real.
3: Yeah, man, the, the guy made one too. fatal error, one fatal error, and he had the little pin on there, which is not, they screwed up there. They, they really screwed up there. But, man, that would have been so funny. I mean, I even pulled up FlightAware and uh, didn't find anything there, which I'm going to do that every day now just for fun, just to see if uh, the Mississippi State yeah, plane, which should. they block, is uh, headed in a unique direction, but man, that would have been so funny, and also it would have been a good hire. That's that's the that's the thing about it being so humorous. It's not like it would have been a bad thing that that would have happened. The the way it would have been broken would have been hilarious. But also, you're hiring a guy that's won at every stop he's ever been for a very long time. Like a winning football coach would have been the guy that accidentally tweeted out that he was in Starkville this week. So it, all like. Would have been all good at the end of the day. Just really funny.
2: Mm, yeah.
1: Oh wow. Well. Yeah. Oh wow. Well. We will continue oh, well. on. We will press forward, and uh, it will it will remain a mystery until it is no longer a mystery.
2: All right. So let's uh, let's go to the ceasefire text line. I just don't know if the Chadwell offense will work in the SEC going against SEC defensive linemen. It's a reasonable question a reasonable point i'd be more concerned about staff
3: than i would the offense working why because it's not the the navy triple option i mean it, it's a modern offense it, it's i think people have that confused it's not like it's not like that at all. It's they throw the football. They're out of the gun and pistol, and it's different formations. And yes, there are option looks and stuff, but it's 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 different. It's unique, but it's not dissimilar to what a lot of teams are already running anyway. It's just extra wrinkles. It,
2: Let let's look at let's look at the head coaching record for Jamie Chadwell. He spent three seasons. At Division II North Greenville. Two and eight in his first year, nine and three in his second year, and eleven and three in his third year with the trip to the quarterfinals of the Division II tournament. So in three seasons, he went 22 and 14 from North Greenville. He made the move to Cleveland, Mississippi, where in 2012, Jamie Chadwell was the head coach at Delta State and, of course, the Gulf South Conference. That year didn't go particularly well. They were three and seven overall and one and four in conference play. After one season, though, he left Delta State, made his way back to the Carolinas, and took the head coaching job at Charleston Southern in the Big South Conference, also an FCS program. Ten and three in year one. Eight and four. Ten and three. Seven and four. In four seasons, he went 35 and 14 with two trips to the playoffs. And from Charleston Southern, he left and went to a different part of South Carolina, less Charleston and uh, more Myrtle Beach. Conway, to be particular.
3: My favorite fun fact is Charleston Southern is in North Charleston, South Carolina.
2: Go, go make, the, make that make sense. Uh, Coastal Carolina, 3-9 and nine in his first season in 2017 in the Sunbelt Conference. And then, okay, what happened in 2018? Wasn't that their transition year? Yeah, but they still played football, didn't they?
3: I'm talking about the conference transition, right?
2: That's a good question. So the way his career is listed as, oh, he was the interim head coach in 2017 and then was an assistant in 2018 and then in 2019 he took over as the head coach five and seven in year one. yeah 2017
3: was their first year in division in the FBS. that was their first sun Belt year, okay was
2: 2017. So 2019, they went 5-7. and 2020, the COVID year, they went 11-1, and had a perfect 8-0 mark in conference play. The one loss was in the Cure Bowl, and they finished the season ranked 14th nationally. 2021, 11-2, the win in the Cure Bowl. Last year, 9-3, and played in the Birmingham Bowl, but he was out the door headed to Liberty. And this season, he has led Liberty to a 10-0 record. So his record... Jamie Chadwell's as a head coach, 108 and 57. It's a good mark. very good. And you don't
3: win much at those places. I mean, I know it's they're not big jobs and they don't jump off the page at you. Liberty notwithstanding, they have more resources than everybody in the conference USA. I mean, his record's impressive, don't get me wrong, but I think it's more impressive to win at Coastal in their first years as an FBS program. It's more impressive to win at Charleston Southern because they don't win at Charleston Southern. That kind of stuff is a very clear indicator of good football coach, wins where he goes, elevates when he's there.
1: You got Ben here on the text line saying he sucked at Delta State, had a losing record. I don't trust his complete scheme to work. This is a guy who's had double-digit wins at every stop except for the one year he was at Delta State. I have no doubt. He's just a winner. He, he would have gotten things going at Delta State had he stayed there.
2: Sports Talk Mississippi, there are lots of hot boards floating around, but there's only one Haydab hot board, and we've got that coming up for you next, right here in the Pearl River Resort Studio.
0: Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Do hey, you
4: ever get so excited that you just can't wait?
0: Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams. I've been waiting my whole life for this.
4: Don't touch that
0: dial. Here on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Welcome back to Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Super Talk TV. Thanks for being with us. As we uh, as we embark on this journey through the uh, the coaching carousel season, probably worth remembering that um, I feel like to some degree we all have and we have taught um, that we're dealing with monopoly money this time of year. Like it's somebody else's money; they'll figure it out. Uh, but rich boosters, uh, the school's got it. Uh, whatever. And and here's my latest illustration. I picked up Obi from school today and was dropping him off at the house before I came to the the station. And we were just chit-chatting. And I was like, hey, did you hear Mississippi State fired their coach yesterday? He goes, really? He's like, so who's going to coach him? Like, just an assistant or would the athletic director do it or or, or what? I was like, well, they'll take an assistant coach and he'll be the interim head coach. I said, you mean for the rest of the year? He's like, yeah, like – like They still have to play Ole Miss, don't they? I was like, yeah, they do. They've got two games left. He's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. An assistant coach. And he goes, well, how much do they have to pay him? Not not talking about the coach that they fired. I was like, ah, his buyout was like $4 million. He goes, that's nothing. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I looked at him and I said, do you know how much $4 million is? He's like, not compared to what others are making. I mean, Auburn was going to pay Lane Kiffin $10 million last year. (laughs) I was like, oh, really? He's like, and didn't that guy at Texas get like $76 million? (laughs) I was like, Texas A&M, from the mouth of babes, they listen, and then it's like we just throw these numbers around like they're nothing. Oh, wow. And to that end, Brian Haydad has put together – the Sports Talk Mississippi Hey Dad Hotboard. Hey Dad Hotboard.
1: Needs music. It's something peppy. Yeah. Uh
2: if you want to see it you can go to Sports Talk M I S S on Twitter. It is right there for you Hey Dad walk us through your hotboard. Yeah. So I, I tried to
1: stick with what I I said yesterday. A young offensive minded head coach, with one exception, and we'll start with him. We'll start with Willie Fritz, because I've come around on Willie Fritz. okay? And that's because of this. I thought about it like this. If tomorrow Zach Salmon said, hey, we're hiring Nick Saban, everybody would go crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, Nick Saban. Nick Saban is 74. Yes. Let's make it a little bit more realistic, right, because that's not happening. But let's just say that he pulled off a huge Hail Mary and got Kyle Whittingham to come from Utah. Everybody would go crazy, right? That's a great hire. He's 64.
2: He wanted music. Can we just all pause for a second in awe of what Kyle Whittingham looks like at 64 years old? It's incredible. Looking better
1: than me. Yeah, looks better than any of us.
2: So, Not to get political, but, but look people at Mitt go,
3: Romney in his 80s. I mean, my goodness, people yeah. in Utah, man.
1: Well,
2: but anyway, people go nuts, right? Like, great hire. Hey, 64. I wasn't sure where to go with that. <laughs> Is Mitt Romney in his was, Mitt Romney's 76. No, I thought 80. he was in his 80s, but Close for 76, enough. he looks incredible. He looks great. Yeah.
1: So, Fritz at 63. Never mind. The guy's twenty-one and three at Tulane. I'm old enough to remember when Tulane was the school. State and Ole Miss would schedule, so they had at least one guaranteed win on the schedule. Some years, I mean that 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 used to be a pushover in college football. He's twenty-one and three the last two years. If Willie Fritz wants the job, give him the job. I don't have. By the way,
2: sixty-three is like the new forty-eight.
1: What's what's forty-eight? Just just for my own edification, sixteen days from now.
2: Uh, 48 is, um, you know, assuming you've changed your diet and you're counting calories, 48 is like the new 39. Woo! 39! All right, I can live mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. I like that. Thank you, Richard. Yeah, you got it. Anyway, be.
1: I got Fritz on there. I have uh former Starkville resident Jamie Chadwell on the list, you know, just for a short period of time, evidently. But, you know, he <laughs> was here. He to was play,
2: pay property taxes.
1: Coach, Coach Chadwell, the house right next door to me is for sale, I'm just saying. Now, he could probably afford a little better house, but I'll cook out, and you can come over and eat. Um, as
2: long as the so, daylight uh, hours are am- am- among us.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. You know, this past Saturday, I pushed it. Man, I was almost 6 o'clock getting meat off the grill. I was like, mm. I can't see! All right. Uh, the one defensive guy I have on the list is John Sumrall. His body of work now at Troy is too big to ignore. I mean, he has just been dominant since he got there. I also like the fact that you know, coaching at Ole Miss will have some recruiting ties to this state. Yeah, he's an SEC guy by nature. I like him. There's a lot to like about John Sumner.
2: Qu- quickly, if I may, yesterday yeah. mm-hmm. we um, we went down the road of pronunciation. It's Leipold. Today, yeah, we we will go down the road of spelling. If you are going to type John Summerall's name into a post on a message board or a tweet or Instagram or whatever, there is no H. It's J-O-N, John, not J-O-H-N. Buddy, we're
3: four years into the Kiffin tenure, and we've still got people spelling that name wrong, so good luck fighting that battle.
2: Well, I understand that Dan Mullins was Stan Mullins until the day he left Starkville. I I get it. And sometimes that was with an S, and sometimes it was was with a Z. But just, in the name of if you want to be correct... It's J-O-N, John Summerall, not J-O-H-N, John Summerall. And it's Correct. Summerall, not Summerall. Correct. So there we go.
1: John Summerall, with an H, is an is a, uh, insurance salesman in uh, North Dakota.
2: Always an insurance salesman.
1: Yeah. Well, it's a busy, it's a busy field. Um, Rhett Lashley, a lot to like about him. Again, SEC ties, explosive offense. Uh, you know, known for, for getting a, a lot out of his quarterbacks and what's not to like there. I think he's a, a very good candidate. Tom Herman, I, I can't I can't quit him. I, can't, I wish I knew how to quit Tom Herman, but I mean, the, the resume is Friday. really, really Would you like good. You to
2: pass along a message?
1: He, tell, tell, him I, tell him I said, hey. Tell him I said, you <laughs> know, if I see him in Starkville, he's welcome to come to the Christmas party. Uh, the, the the offensive number's good. Uh, recruiting, I mean, he recruited well to Texas. I think he'd be an outstanding coach. And then last, the guy who I said yesterday is the roll of the dice for me, is uh, G.J. Well, I don't know what the G.J. stands for. Somebody is welcome to do that research for me. Uh, G.J. Kinney from Texas State. Very short resume, but it's very, very impressive. Runs Gary an Joe. incredibly... Tell yes.
2: He, he yes. is Gary Joe Kinney.
1: If I told you that Gary jo- Gary Joe Kinney the third was the head coach at Mississippi State, that's that's the easiest sell I'll ever give you. Runs a great offense, very up tempo, very explosive. I think he'd bring a lot of excitement. His downside: he's young. He's 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 Borky's age almost. I mean, he's a young guy.
2: Thirty four. He will be thirty five uh, in about two weeks. Wait, what's your birthday, Dan? what
1: What's his what's his birthday?
2: What's your birthday?
1: What's his birthday?
2: What's your birthday? What is his birthday? I ask you first. I'm not, you're going to have to look it up on your own.
1: November 30th.
2: He's December
1: 2nd. Ah, so close. Both Sagittarius's, though.
2: Um, would you believe that G.J. Kinney and Jeff Trailer coached at the same East Texas high school?
1: I would not believe that, but I guess it's the truth.
2: It is the truth. Where? What school was that? Uh, Gilmer.
1: Okay. Bud Gilmer. That's Kilmer. This is Gil. Kilmer. That's right. Ah. Uh, dang it! You're right. Dead gummit. Yeah. So that's that, that's my that's my board. I wanted to keep it short and sweet. I don't. I didn't want to go 10, 12 deep. Uh, I didn't want to start putting, you know. Re- Guys who have zero percent chance. I feel like everybody on that list is a somebody Mississippi State would be interested in. B somebody that would be interested in Mississippi State and C somebody that would fans would be excited if they were named the hire.
2: Let me ask you if this uh, dissuades you of GJ Kinney. Okay, he's from the Gus Malzahn coaching tree. In 2017, was hired as an assistant coach with SMU under coach Chad Morris. That's, that's a concern. When Morris, Morris. joined Arkansas, <laughs> uh, Sonny Dykes chose to have Kenny serve as offensive coordinator and play caller for the bowl game. He eventually followed Can Morris I... to Arkansas as an analyst, um, then went on to be a, uh, an assistant offensive coach with the Philadelphia Eagles. Briefly, see he got all that off of him.
1: He took he, he took a shower and got all that Chad Morris funk off of him.
2: Uh, spent a year at Hawaii under Todd Graham, then back to UCF. Oh, under, that's not good either. Yeah, under under Gus Malzahn in 2021. The fact that he has a winning season going right now is remarkable, considering who he's coached under. One year yeah. as the head coach at Incarnate Word, that was in 2022, followed Eric Morris, who's now at North Texas. And uh, he is six and four at Texas State this year. That incarnate word, tough, tough place to keep coaches in San Antonio. Sports Talk, Mississippi. We'll be right back.
4: Communication system is a go. go.
0: This, this is. Sports Talk, Mississippi, right here on Super Talk, Mississippi. Exactly.
2: One quick amendment to something that I said earlier. DJ Kenny did not. Coach at Gilmer High School in East Texas. He played his senior season at Gilmer High School. Uh, He was a very, very decorated high school quarterback uh, in the state of Texas. Finished his high school career across a couple of schools uh, with over 11,500 yards and 130 touchdowns through the air while also rushing for over 3,000 yards with 48 touchdowns. So, pretty good player. Uh, went to Texas, then transferred to Tulsa and played the rest <laughs> of his college career at Tulsa. So, um, ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. Hey, Dad, a hypothetical bet for you. You get $100 to bet up uh, on up to three guys on your coaching hotboard becoming the next head coach. Who are you putting it on? Again, Haydad's hot board has John Summerall, Jamie Chadwell, Willie Fritz, Rhett Lashley, Tom Herman, and G.J. Kinney.
1: I would probably put half of it on Chadwell and then 25 each on Herman and
2: Fritz. Okay. Um, We have another question about the two Kansas... The, the two state-of-Kansas coaches, Chris Kleiman and Lance Leipold. Do we think that that either of those two are attainable?
1: I would think Leipold more than Kleiman. Maybe that's just because Kansas State is a program that's had a lot of football success over the last three decades, and Kansas is not. And so, Leipold is kind of the first guy to start really having success there at Kansas. You know, Mangino had a few minutes there, but by and large, Kansas has, has not been a good football program. So, there's this, you know, you'd look at it in terms of, well, you'd want to get out of Kansas, but Kansas State is a place where you feel like you can win. Um, so, that being said, and I, as I said on yesterday's show, I'm definitely calling them. I'm definitely going to offer a, a big raise and say, are you interested? Because both of those guys, I think, are winners, you know. I, th- I think that's really is the main thing that that Selman's going to be looking at here. You know, I don't think he's going to concern himself too much with the systems and and, and things of that nature. I think he's going to look for winners, and and because winners will adjust and winners will make the right decisions about you know what I need to do to win at this level. So I think that's what he's going to be looking for more than anything else. To me, climbing it really fits that bill because that guy's won everywhere he's been. So does Leipold, though.
2: I wonder if. Leipold's contract is problematic. He at the end of the 22 season signed a completely restructured contract. When they hired him, they were paying him about two and a half million. Um start of twenty twenty two, he was up to two point eight six, but signed a new deal at the end of that season. Paying him roughly five million a year for seven years, total value of thirty-five million, included a seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars signing bonus, and you know an annual salary increase. I don't know what his buyout is. Those things are
3: rarely public, aren't they? Because, like uh, Dabo Sweeney, for example, we'll probably get to that later. Uh, there's only. Uh, for his $115 million contract,
2: if they fire him, they owe him like oh. half of that? Hold on a second. We do have buyout numbers. Oh, good. That's unique. From KansasCity.com, buyout figures for the deal. If Leipold terminates the deal on or before April 30th of 2023, we've passed that date. It was $12.5 million. Terminating the agreement on or before May 1st. i uh, I'm sorry. The buyout drops to sixty million on May first of twenty twenty three, and then go so a six million dollar buyout for Leipold. That's nothing. Thanks, Obi.
1: (laughs) Um, Where's 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 the emoji? Brian Haydad, Obi Cross.
3: (laughs) the, The same, a similar thing when we talked about SMU yesterday. Though you're you're not fighting against Kansas with Leipold. You're fighting against what he thinks that he can do if he stays at Kansas for another year or if another job like Arkansas comes open. I mean, Michigan State's looking for a coach. That kind of stuff. So you're not fighting against Kansas because fighting against Kansas, you win. But if he believes that, you know, I could have my pick of the job if i just be patient. That's what you're fighting against.
2: Yeah. Hmm. Kansas has made a massive commitment to Bill Self. So they made him the highest-paid college basketball coach coach of the country recently over 10 million dollars a year lifetime contract Yeah but didn't they change the terms of the yeah. whole lifetime contract deal when they redid this deal Yeah
3: because you don't give anybody a lifetime contract I mean they've also I mean they're they're going to start completely tearing down and rebuilding from the ground up the football stadium I mean that they are heavily investing in football, both in salary, and they're in the NIL game, and they're about to rebuild their trash heap of a stadium
2: uh, from the ground up. And it needs it. It's, it certainly needs it. So what about Lance Leipold and his road to Lawrence, Kansas? We've talked about this a little bit. Wisconsin Whitewater. Starting back in 1987, quarterbacks coach, then a wide receivers coach. Then he went to Doan. No idea where that is. Then back to Wisconsin-Whitewater. Spent a couple of years as a GA at Wisconsin, an assistant at Nebraska-Omaha, an assistant at the University of Nebraska. Back to Nebraska-Omaha, then back to Wisconsin-Whitewater from 2007 To 2014. And that's when he really had a ton of success. 14 and 1, 13 and 2, 15 and 0, 15 and 0, 15 and 0, 7 and 3, 15 and 0, 15 and 0. With 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 Division III national championships. Did you hear that year by year record? (laughs) Pretty good. That is a lot. Not bad. Of winning. And then he went to Buffalo in 2015, got them moving in the right direction for the last three years has been the head coach at Kansas. Two and ten in year one. Six and seven in year two. That was last year. And you remember they had that fast start and then had some injuries and stumbled at the end and then played that epic bowl game against Arkansas in the Liberty Bowl last year. Finished the year six and seven. And they're seven and three this year. And we're talking about Kansas.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's good, man.
2: Kansas He's a good is a harder He's a job winner. than Mississippi State.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that.
2: And, and I'm not Especially like when you consider when I say that. I mean...
1: No, I mean, when you think about the, the emphasis they have on basketball as well, I mean, that, that makes it even more difficult because you will always be in the shadow of basketball there. Even as great as baseball is here at Mississippi State, most years... Uh, you're not in the shadow of baseball at, at Mississippi State for football.
2: We've had a couple of people ask about Sharon Moore, the offensive coordinator at Michigan. That does nothing for no. you?
1: That doesn't even register. Yeah. But yeah, the idea of Mississippi State running the ball 32 times in a row, I, I can't get behind it.
2: It's kind of the polar opposite of what they did well, like they might yeah. have thrown it 32 times in a row a year ago. Well, what's he like when he doesn't right. know
1: what the defense is going to run every play? Exactly. I don't know the answer to that question.
3: I don't think, I mean, it, it's, it may not be fair because we don't know if Stallions was in his ear like we do all of the other coordinators at Michigan and every staff member and the players on that. But, but anyway, um, I don't think you want anybody tied to that. And just, yeah, I, I wouldn't go there. Yeah. Imagine hiring that guy and then it goes to court and Discovery finds the emails that have him thanking Stallions for sending over the play sheet this week.
2: Can't have that. Uh, Charlie B. with a text on the C Spire text line. Currently, I would like G.J. Kinney as the new state head coach. He doesn't have a long-term head coaching resume. His coaching record on offensive uh, stats are impressive. Quarterback experience in college, NFL, and CFL plus coaching quarterbacks. State doesn't have any SEC-type quarterbacks on their roster. State needs a head coach that is also a quarterback coach, especially to recruit with State's current situation. I think that's a reasonable message from Charlie B. And mm-hmm. hey look, when you're going Very through reasonable. this process... There are a lot of people that like to kind of pick their horse, right? I mean, you start throwing out names that are possibilities, and everybody is kind of deciding who the horse is that uh, that they want to ride with, that they want to throw their money behind. So we'll uh, we'll we'll see where this goes. Let's um, can we have a substantive conversation about Dan Mullen? His name popped up yesterday. But it continues to pop up. And when I talk to people outside of Mississippi, that's the first name that people keep asking about. This is Sports Talk Mississippi.
0: What we're going to do right here is go back. And now back to to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling. On Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi.
2: Yesterday morning at 8.30, I got a text from uh, from Taylor McCart, who I work with on the uh, the American Conference games. And he said, got to call Dan Mullen if you're state, right? And I was talking with, um, earlier this afternoon, I was with Tom Hart. He's like, states, that they, they've got to call Mullen, right? And it just kind of chit-chat. Hey, there, there are a lot of people outside of Mississippi who that is, that's their first reaction. A guy who led mm-hmm. Mississippi State to its most relevance, maybe ever, in, in terms of over an entire tenure, coached nine seasons in Starkville. Year one was a five and seven record that finished off with an Egg Bowl victory that really kind of propelled them into that next season. <clears throat> nine and four, seven and six, eight and five, seven and six, ten and three in 2014, nine and four, six and seven, but a trip to the St. Pete Bowl. and then eight and four in his last year, though a sour taste at the end where it felt like he had one foot out the door, we found out after the fact that he did. He was leaving Mississippi State following the Egg Bowl either to go to Knoxville or to go to Gainesville. He ended up going to Gainesville. And Florida won 10 games in his first year, 11 in his second year, eight in his third year, and they fired him before the Florida State game in his fourth year with a record of five and six. So, does it make sense? It makes sense. Oh, well,
1: yeah. I mean, what, would, what wouldn't make sense about it, you know, in terms of wins and losses, in terms of what he's done at the program? But is it going to happen? No. Why not? No. Uh, I think there are too many people who remember the way it ended. for For Dan Mullen, it did not end well. Here, he did not handle the departure well uh, before he left. And I think I think not only in the Bryan Building but in Lee Hall, there there are people who would not want Dan Mullen's return.
2: Lee Hall is the university administration building.
1: That is where I, that's where somebody's office is. Yes.
2: Well, you're not saying it, but I read reading between the <laughs> lines. And that says to me that Dr. Mark Keenan was not terribly pleased with the way that tenure ended. And he is the I think boss. that would be
1: a very safe assumption. So
2: I,
0: I, I just, spoke
1: I, earlier today. I spoke earlier today. I did an interview with Ross Dellinger for my podcast. And we talked about this. And, and basically, he, he, he echoed what I'm saying here, that it is highly, highly, highly unlikely that Dan Mullen would be a candidate
2: for this job. Okay. Everything you're saying makes all the sense in the world. Counterpoint? John Cohen hired Hugh Freeze to be his head football coach at Auburn.
1: Counterpoint? John Hunt Cohen didn't hire anybody. Well, the Auburn Boosters hired yeah. Hugh Freeze to be the head coach at Auburn.
2: That, that, that's, uh, that's a good I point, And We We're talked about it yesterday about some, but
3: why are people convinced it would work again?
2: because it's worked everywhere he's been. He he's won. Now, we're we're in a different era. We're in a different he era. Is the, he is not known as being a great recruiter and recruiting is harder than it's ever been. Yes, that is 100% fair.
3: And that that's my angle
2: here. And Florida he fired him ball.
3: not not really fair. Uh you know, they they weren't really patient. I mean, what? He won the East and then a year later they fired him. Could have been a playoff team, but a guy threw a shoe. <laughs> You can call that an undisciplined he it was team. Who throws a shoe? I mean, the kid threw a shoe. Um, but, yeah, that's...
2: He it, really did. He did.
3: He threw, a, he threw a, a shoe, and it cost his team a chance at the playoff. That was the Fog game, right? That was the Fog game. That's yeah. right.
1: in Baton Rouge just... Uh. I think if you were going to hire Mullen, too, you'd have to be very adamant that you have to see Gonzalez that that group they're not coming with see you got to have the band
2: back together is what you're saying
1: You got to have a young you got to have a staff that that takes care of your weakness right we know you're a great developer we know you're a great evaluator we know you're a great play caller you don't like to recruit so we got to put people around you that do and then you can come in and just close in the recruiting of your own roster you've got to be a fun because to, to
3: raise funds you got you got to do two things right you got to be elite. On the field, or you got to be a good salesperson, and you have to recruit your own roster, and you have to glad hand, or, or I mean, all just it's all new. I mean, we, we've had people text us the last couple of days about you know things dating back to thirty years. It's like, man, college football is different today than it was three years ago, let alone thirty. It's just a dramatically different yeah. thing.
2: can can we just put this disclaimer out there as we discuss potential candidates very early in this process? There's a lot that we don't know. And there's a very good chance that some of these candidates that we are throwing out there will never even have their name considered by Zach Selman or anybody else involved in this search. It's also a really good possibility that we are going to talk in detail about someone who turns out to be the next head football coach at Mississippi State. But if you shoot us a message like, hey, are we sure that Dan Mullen wants to leave television? No. No, we're not sure of that at all. We're just kind of discussing all of the possibilities.
0: If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Here, Sports Talk Mississippi. You like this show, huh? Yeah! Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Welcome back to Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at SuperTalk.fm and SuperTalk TV. Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. You can find them online at Genteelapparel.com. They've got a great selection of really anything you're looking for in terms of men's apparel. Uh, if it's Great-looking golf shirts, polos—they've got you covered. Solid stripes, patterns, the the uh, the texture and the weight that you want. Um, Their pants are fantastic. Whether you're looking for like uh, a heavier-weight canvas-type pant or a uh, much more lighter-weight performance-style dress pant—that's what I'm wearing today—and they're just—they're the best. They are super lightweight. They look good. uh, They travel exceptionally well. You're going to love them. And they've got outerwear. Forky's got on uh, a genteel vest today. I do. Got the uh, the quilted genteel navy blue vest. Good stuff there. It's a little rainy today. Needed to have it on. Genteelapparel.com. Genteel, the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. And get 10% off your order online simply by giving them your email address at Um. Yes?
1: I was going to ask a question. Uh d go back to the Mullen thing. If Mullen were, were truly interested in the job at Mississippi State and you know you probably have to keep that kind of down low. You you don't think he'd go on a Mississippi State podcast next week and, and talk about the egg ball, do you?
2: <laughs> what a tease. I don't know.
1: Yeah, you, you probably probably wouldn't. Probably wouldn't, would he? He might. Uh, Tune well, in to find out. Guess, guess we'll find out.
2: Have you asked?
1: Oh, I've asked, and I've gotten acceptance.
2: All right. Good. All right. Well, That'll be very good. So. Yeah. Well. Yeah. We,
1: yeah.
2: Well. Are you gonna ask him? I have. I have thought
1: about that. I have a way to ask. I think I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You yeah, know, because I can't. You can't just be like, "So, coach." <laughs> to take the job why yeah, not I, 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 I gotta figure it out. i got i got I, 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 a very professional man very good so. very very good so. we got I, I have begun lining up my egg ball week stuff for us and i'm sure you're doing the same
2: yes yes working uh, working any any commitments yet
1: one I have, i've got one to,
2: to sign on the dotted line very good uh, we will do our best to have a uh, a wonderful time next week leading into uh, the Egg Bowl. That is, uh, man, it's nine days away. It is? Two football games in the next nine days, and then the season comes to an end. Well, you'll have For State. a bowl game. No? <laughs> Ole Miss has another one. Okay, thanks. Well, actually, guy, yes, I was talking about the regular season.
1: You knew that. Although there's a lot of there's a lot of smoke that there's just not going to be enough six and six teams, and that state might get into a bowl at five and seven. <laughs> the streak
2: continues. It cannot be killed. Uh, and it matters to some people too. I, honestly.
1: For for state fans, five and seven with Arnett out and get to go to a bowl is about as good as you could have hoped for at this point. At
2: this point, that means they got to win on Saturday yeah. against Southern Miss, though.
1: They got to beat Southern Mississippi. Will that happen? We'll find out.
2: We uh, we will we we will actually talk to uh, Luke Johnson about that coming up in um, in just a little while. There's another high profile opening in the SEC. Maybe you've heard Jimbo Fisher out at Texas A and M. And you got names floating all over the place. One of those names is uh, a, a current head coach who's uh, who who had he, he's leading a team that is quite good. That has a a likely Heisman Trophy finalist quarterbacking its offense, who has lost one game this season, and who most people think will avenge that one loss against that team if given the opportunity in the conference championship game. We are, of course, talking about Dan Lanning at Oregon. A lot of people thought that Dan Lanning might be target number one for Texas A&M. Well, you know what happens. You ask coaches about these things, and generally speaking, they give you the, ah, I'm focused on my job right now. Uh, Lane Kiffin simply said the other day, I'm not doing that again this year. We're, we're, we're not I'm, I'm not answering that question. And he's been pretty consistent, and I don't talk about other job openings. Last year got weird. I get it. Um, Dan Lanning did not leave a lot of room for interpretation. There's obviously been some
4: talk about you and another school in the last couple days. Just your thoughts on that, how you handled that, and just your commitment to Oregon yeah we talk about outside noise a lot in our program um i guess the reality here is one our our, my name and uh, our program would never be in the a topic of conversation for another school if if we didn't have something here that everybody else wanted and the reason we have something here uh, that everybody else wants that's because of what our players Our coaches, the support that exists here at Oregon have created. I think I've been really, really clear here since day one. Uh, Everything I want exists right here. I'm not going anywhere. There's zero chance that I would be coaching somewhere else. Um, I've got unfinished business here. There's a lot that I want to accomplish here at Oregon. My number one priority is being elite um, here at Oregon. And we have the resources, the tools, Um, Anybody that can't understand why you would want to be here at this place doesn't understand exactly what exists here, right? Like what I've said before, with a 13-year-old, a 12-year-old, and a 10-year-old, to be able to raise your uh, family in a community like this, to be able to compete for uh, championships and have the ability to get the resources you need. You know, a lot of coaches hang on to these moments and they don't do anything or don't say anything, one, because they don't want egg on their face when they decide to do something else, right? Two, because they're concerned about things that I'm not concerned about, like getting a better contract. Like, I'm taken care of extremely well here at Oregon. I have the resources I need here at Oregon to be really, really successful. I'm not motivated by that. I'm motivated by winning. I'm motivated by being elite here. Um, and our players deserve my complete focus. Uh, our fans deserve the best uh, product on the field. So it's outside noise. It didn't matter before. it doesn't matter now. I'll continue to say it to him blue in the face. want to be here at Oregon. Uh, that hasn't changed. That won't change.
2: Dan Lanning is, uh, I'm gonna do the math. four months in to a six year45 million dollar contract that pays him a base of seven million dollars this year. With a $200,000 annual increase. And oh, by the way, if Oregon continues to play at the level they're playing right now, they'll te- tear that contract up at the end of this season and they'll do a new one. Or they'll just amend it or whatnot. Yeah, Is that a strong enough denial for you to take Dan Lanning's name out of the Texas A&M search process?
1: No. No? No. Why? Not until it's done. Because I remember what Nick Saban said. Nick Saban just came out and categorically said, I will not be the head coach at Alabama. And then he was the head coach at Alabama. Until things are done, they're never done. I never say never to anything when it comes to college football. Yeah. Most coaches don't say it like
3: that, though true you, you've got i mean when was the tommy tuberville pine box statement
1: 98 november
3: 98 eight i was six when was the nick saban Congratulations, i'm not going to alabama statement
1: uh oh seven i was 15. oh uh, six i guess yeah uh,
3: i was 14. So I, I, I bring that up to say there have been a lot of coaches that have been named as candidates for jobs since those two times. And, yes, those are certainly valid. Nick Saban straight-up lied to everybody. I mean, just out, outright lied to everybody. But what, what Landing said is very different than what most coaches say about it. I mean, take the last two Oregon coaches ahead of him. When Taggart was asked about it, his response was, Why wouldn't I be? Hey, that's that's what these guys do. They they take these things and they turn them against the people asking the question, or they they gaslight. That's everybody's favorite word now. They gaslighted people into thinking, wait, why are you asking me? That's ridiculous. Mario Cristobal did the same thing. Oh, I'm not even thinking about it, right. Why would I be thinking about that right now? I haven't interviewed anywhere. Everybody knew that was a lie.
2: But but they they spin it and they leave just enough ambiguity. That was a weird deal at the. Uh the Pac-12 championship game last year. Yeah, it was. He knew he was gone.
3: He knew he was gone.
2: And everybody knew he was gone because his answers were just what they were. And they had to wait a long time for him to come in for that postgame press conference. Dan Lanning very well could be
3: wanting to take the a and job, but, man, he, he talked about how other coaches, the way they answer, they're afraid of having egg on their face. I mean, that's a thing that he just said. And so if you say that and then become that guy, what a joke you are, you know? And at the end of the day, nobody's going to care because he's going to go to A&M and win. Or or
2: what if he's 100% genuine? I kind of believe him. What if he does have a, let's see, I can do the math because I've got him: a 7th grader, a 5th grader, and a 3rd grader who have already moved once in two years and are at kind of a tough time in their life to transition schools. And he's like, you know what, we really like it here. And I can win big here. I'm proving that right now. Maybe I'm just happy. Maybe.
0: I'm back to Sports Talk Mississippi.
2: doesn't get any better than this.
0: On Super Talk Mississippi.
2: You know, when you know without a doubt that the future is really, really bright... I guess this is easy to do. But there were seven players, seven Major League Baseball players today, who said no. They said no to $20,325,000. Those were the qualifying offers that were uh, were due today. So Shohei Otani, Cody Bellinger, Josh Hader, Blake Snell, Aaron Nola, Sonny Gray, and Matt Chapman all said no to those qualifying offers. And I get, like, I understand that Shohei Otani's going to be making like fifty million starting next year. I, I get that. But when you say that out loud, it's still you're like, we're willing to pay you this twenty million. Nah, not good enough. Okay, Monopoly money once again. Monopoly money. All right, so we talked about Dan Lanning. How is it that Dabo's name has come up in this Texas A&M thing? People are talking about it. He's
3: So here's why. Because his buyout of Clemson is nothing. That's why. Because they can go get him. And his contract is $115 million. It's not fully guaranteed. About half of it's guaranteed. So A&M could just kind of copy and paste Jimbo's contract and give Dabo a $40 million guaranteed raise. And he fits like a glove in that
2: weird place. Would this be a good hire? Would this work out for Texas A&M? Or would Texas A&M continue being what it has been for most of its existence?
1: You know, we talk about culture and fit and all the time, right? And and Dabo's a weird dude. Texas A&M are weird dudes. Maybe that works. But the, the culture of I'm not going to use the portal and I'm not going to fool with NIL with what Texas A&M wants to do absolutely cannot work. Absolutely cannot work. He's Jimbo Fisher with one more title.
3: He's a wildly successful coach that is struggling as of late after – a high-level NFL quarterback left the program. He hadn't been the same since Trevor Lawrence left. Jimbo wasn't the same after Jameis. I mean, say what you want about Tyler from Spartanburg and beating Notre Dame. They're 6-4. and And, you know, I, I know the answer is more of it, but Clemson's got everything to win championships. Not like the kind of, well, my program's got everything a coach could want. No, Clemson has enough to win championships. They have everything. And that's a lot of credit to Dabo. But why, why, do you, why would anybody think the results, what you're currently getting, would be different at a and a more difficult league? But that's out there. He was asked about it today, and he gave
2: one of those non-denial denials. Well, oh, must be November. It'd be weird seeing Dabo and Maroon. Worn a lot of orange and a lot of purple for a long time now. Yeah, that would be that'd be a strange sight. But you saw his, if, his, if his you answer didn't If you were Texas a And M fan, would that would that hire excite you? No.
1: I think you know, it depends on what kind of fan you are. If you're an on the surface college football fan, you're like, whoa, we got Dabo Sweeney. Two national titles and all these wins at Clemson, Wow, we did it. We got a championship coach. If you're a listener to whatever the equivalent of Sports Talk Mississippi is in Texas, here's, you're listening and you're going, oh God, we just tanked our program. because why aren't you winning anymore? And the truth right.
2: probably lies somewhere in between.
1: Somewhere in the middle, he' win eight night he would win I think he would win more than Jimbo does. I'll put it that way. I don't think you'd have a five and seven season over there.
3: We got this question on the text line, and a lot of people wonder this. There's two different buyouts in contracts. Should a and want to go down the Dabo road, they don't have to pay the $60 million, I believe, guaranteed on his contract to get him out of Clemson. That's the buyout number if they fire him. It's a different number if, if Dabo were to break the contract. Apparently, it's significantly smaller, like in the neighborhood of $5 million. That's pocket change to a and They dropped that on the ground earlier today. Revelly ate it. I mean that—that's how lo- insignificant five million dollars is to Texas A&M.
2: Kelso and Ocean Springs. I just don't get it. I don't get the big appeal at Texas A&M. What exactly have they won? The lottery.
1: They have yeah. money. I mean, they won a it is championship in 1939,
2: and they won their last conference championship in 1998. And they were 9-1 and in the COVID season. They had the 10-win year with Johnny Manziel and all of the excitement that went with Manziel mania. But the fascination is, I mean, coaches have got big egos, right? And, and if you take a coach with a big ego who's got a pretty good track record, that, that coach would look at Texas A&M and go, I don't care if it's never been done before. If they ever had never had me. I will exactly. be the one that wins there. And, and you better have that ego if you're going to take a job like that. But, Kelso, you, you say you don't get the big appeal. I mean, the, the big appeal is that you you want for nothing. And maybe that's not good. Maybe there needs to be some hunger, and there there needs to be something that you want for and you're striving for. But the the stadium is, if not the nicest and arguably the nicest in all of college football the practice facilities are second to none the training facilities are second to none the recruiting budget is second to none the way they travel is second to none you know uh, the the way their fans donate to the school uh, what they raise in, in i like all of it like like they they are second to no one in any category as it pertains to the resources committed to winning and yet they haven't and it drives them absolutely crazy it's the reason that they gave Jimbo the contract that they didn't there was there was a whiff there was a hint that Scott Woodward might be hiring Jimbo away from Texas A&M at LSU and so preemptively, they extended his contract after that 9-1 season and gave him the big raise. Um, Chase and Columbus says, The big appeal is that the school is paying a coach $70 million to not coach there. Says it's not a tough sell in my opinion.
3: Especially in an era where it feels like money is more... I mean, money and resources have always been important in college football. That's what cracks me up still about, oh, well, money is driving everything now. And it always did. It, 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 at least in my lifetime, it's always been about that. The programs that had the, the more resources and the more give a you-know-what have won more. I mean, that's just how it's always been. But in this era where it's more, it's more than ever, more money, and more out in the open... Texas a very clearly, despite what Jimbo's denials and press conferences are, completely and totally bought in on doing whatever they possibly need to do to build the best roster imaginable. Mhm. You can't say that about every place. Yeah. There's limitations at places like Alabama, to some degree, with how much they
2: pay a recruiting class. Got a message from a friend. He he said. Simply throwing money at problems as a solution is a loser's mentality. They do lose a lot. I mean, there there is there is evidence to that to that fact. There is because
3: George's roster, I assume, is very expensive. It's not why they're winning.
2: Uh, somebody said, I cannot believe that Ross Bjork hasn't been fired for extending and guaranteeing that contract. We've said this before. I'm going to say this again. That wasn't Ross Bjork's decision. Ross Bjork didn't make that call. He was told this is what you're going to do. They had a conversation. You know, there's a possibility that LSU could, no, LSU is not coming and getting our coach. That backstabbing Scott Woodward just left our place to go be their AD. He's not taking our coach. Do whatever you got to do. Get it done. Well, Do we need to get it done in the conversation? Ross Bjork did not unilaterally make this decision to fire Jimbo. He and the president, interim president, took a recommendation to the Board of Regents. But that decision was influenced by the people who write big checks there. I heard some. I can't remember where I heard this. I I would give credit because I think this is a good comparison. I was listening to a podcast, I think, and somebody suggested that Ross Bjork may very well be Texas A and M's Roger Goodell. Keep the money rolling, take the bullets, take all the shots, keep your mouth shut, defend us at all costs, do your job, and we'll pay you handsomely. thought that might be a pretty good illustration. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back.
0: Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi
2: the wild one last week in lafayette louisiana when Southern miss in overtime on Thursday night, got a win over the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Luke Johnson joins us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Luke, I, I, we texted on Thursday night after the game was over. It was, you know, it was like a roller coaster deal back and forth, back and forth. If it was tennis, we'd, you know, talk about, you know, uh, Matching serve or breaking serve. Or re- just an incredible game and a really good win.
5: It was a really good win. Will Hall was uh, stoked about it. And uh, just to put things in perspective, guys, I never listened to Christmas music till after Thanksgiving. I'm just kind of one of those guys.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: And after the Eagles won, I turned on Christmas music. I was so excited. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was uh, the win that they were able to put everything together and you put in there that they – they kept the freshman quarterback, Ethan Crawford, in the game the entire second half, and you have a true freshman that takes you on a 10-play, 75-yard drive to tie the ball game with under two minutes to go in the game. And just Finally, everything kind of went right for the Golden Eagles, and they were able to win it in overtime. I,
2: I need you to be honest with me. They brought Billy Wiles back in the game for the very last sequence of, uh, of regulation. And they had the ball what, at the two-yard line, maybe the three-yard line, took a knee timeout, and then they had to take a knee a little bit farther. And when you watched that snap that was coming on third down and you had seen that um, over on the Louisiana sideline, the head coach was furious that they had been fired off the ball, were you a little nervous on that last snap where you knew they couldn't just take a knee?
5: Yeah, when was was nervous, I said they better sneak it uh, because if you take a knee, you're going to, it's going to be a safety. And, you know, thankfully they push it out. But yeah, to your point, Lafayette coaches were, were just mad because uh, their guys were kind of conceding the, the knee. And if you get a surge, you may have a fumble or you may, you know, cause somebody to fall down in the end zone. So it was pretty precarious there, uh, but you know, the Eagles were able to extend it in overtime.
2: All right, so let's spin this thing forward. Uh, Headed to Starkville this Saturday. And, Luke, I I think we can all be honest. We've spent most of the season, based on the way Southern Miss's season has gone, just kind of as an afterthought going, eh, you know, not going to win that one in Starkville against Mississippi State. Do you feel differently now?
5: (laughs) I mean, it's just so you're telling me there's a chance. I mean, that's, that's what you feel like. I mean, you, you're looking at what the offense has done the last three weeks. They're averaging 474 yards, 32 points. Um, they're averaging 245 on the ground, 229 in the air. Will talked about it yesterday uh, on the Eagle Hour. He just said that, you know, they're leading the conference in, in rushing in conference games right now. And um, they've been able to to – Free up Frank in the sense since the play calling was changed. And Frank continues, uh, as he's shown in the second half of the season. I I told you the stats last week, uh, but I'll update them, you know, because he went for, uh, what, 150-something the other night. Through the first seven games, he was 434 yards, four touchdowns. The last three games, he's at 536 yards and five touchdowns. And he has just been a completely different player. And a lot of it is they've kind of found up front what they wanted to do. They're not perfect, but they've been able to – Uh, Find the right matchups up front, um, put the right, you know, guys in there at the offensive line and um, do enough at the quarterback position. Because Billy Wiles, before he got hurt, I mean, he was real effective in the first half of his life. He he got a little hand injury, uh, a little said after the game that that, that's why they went with Crawford uh, in the second half. And they weren't very good at all in the second half passing until really that last drive. But Frank was, was just able to continue to be Frank and had an unfortunate fumble that. You know, caused uh, Louisiana to take the lead there late, but you know he finished out with the game-winning touchdown.
2: Yeah. What do you expect at quarterback Saturday?
5: That's the million-dollar question. Um, Will you know? Won't commit, obviously, for game-playing perspective. I mean, it's it's what determines um, the game. Hey, that and I were talking about it earlier. I think the X factor is whether or not they burn the the, the red shirt on Ethan Crawford. He's played four games. And if he were to play against Mississippi State, he, that would uh, cause him to uh, this year to count towards eligibility. Um, so we'd have to wait and see. Uh, but but I do think um, that having him in the game um, changes the way that what Southern Miss can do offensively. I think it, it causes uh, a defense, no matter who it is, to, to approach differently, especially when you have he and um, – going in the backfield, and some of the things they've shown when uh, even with options or, or jet sweeps, um, off of that, uh, the kid's a player, you know, as a true freshman. Um, Tore ACL, a senior year over at, in uh, high school at Tuscaloosa Hillcrest, and probably would have gotten more offers. She's like 5'11. If he was two inches taller, he'd probably be at a power five school, but crazy good. His first throw the other night, he, he like threw like a 60 yard, 62 yard dime that was dropped, and uh, I just think that that whether or not they whether or not they choose to use him. Because it's tough. I mean, but to, to my point, I don't see how you don't use him for several uh reasons. I'll just say too quick. I mean you're you're getting a start a kid uh at an SEC in state uh opponent and then you're getting to play him against Troy who's the second best team in the conference and that's invaluable, you know, if he's your dude going forward.
2: Let's bring Haydad into the conversation. Um Haydad do, do you see anything and Ethan Crawford at, at Southern Miss that is comparable to what A and M did on Saturday night in terms of starting a third string quarterback and and Jalen Henderson guy that clearly can hurt you some of his feet.
1: Yeah, and state was state had big trouble with that um, last Saturday. So and you think about, you know, some of the quarterbacks they played. Jaden Daniels, not Jaden Daniels, is Jaden Daniels at this point. You know, everybody's yeah. having trouble with him, but, but he he had you know, he had a good game running the ball. Milroe had a good game running the ball. Spencer Rattler, who's not necessarily known as a great runner, was able to do some things in and getting outside of the pocket. So yeah, a mobile quarterback is definitely a concern uh, if you're looking at it from a Mississippi State perspective. Yeah.
2: I know we can get into this later in the week, but. Luke, what's going to be what's going to be important for Southern Miss on on Saturday if they want to go to Starkville and pull the upset as a fourteen point underdog?
5: I mean, once they you know if something positive happens, they have to make two or three more positive things happen on top of it. If a negative thing happens, they can't just let it you know slide. I I think that this team at this point of the year, especially after what happened in Mobile, um, they they learned a lesson to, to 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 at least. Fight back. I mean, App was was unfortunate what happened there, but it's that's what it's going to be. I mean, uh, you could say maybe you know if, if Southern Miss is able to, to be in it late in the ball game and even pull out a win, if that were to happen, you could almost say the season that they've had like built them <laughs> for a moment like that, or or caused them to have that type of mindset because it's just like you just look around some games, you're like, dude, what else can go wrong at like the worst possible time, and so. Really, the last couple of weeks, they've, they've seen things go in their favor, and they've been able to build on top of this.
2: I mean, it feels to me like there's a lot of credit that's got to fall into the lap of Will Hall. And, and granted, there are two games left in the season. It's two wins. It's three and seven overall. But he certainly has been able to kind of rally this team and keep them pulling in the same direction when it would have been really easy to just kind of shift it into, into neutral and coast to the end of the year.
5: If you go to practice, especially during the, the losing streak, you wouldn't be able to tell that they had lost one game or they had lost five games or they had lost seven games. You got the same out of them. And, and with two wins, yeah, probably there's a little more positivity pep in the step. But but when you'd watch them early in the week, you wouldn't have known that they got you know beat down or they lost a close one or that they won the last two weeks. I mean, it's been the same. All of the players to a man talk about um, how they appreciate Coach Hall. I mean, this is in the interviews that we get. And uh, they're they're still you know believing what what he's telling them, and I think it speaks to just how Will runs the program, and and really it, it's not it's not just like uh, it's not coach speak. I mean, he really does love those guys. I mean, and he's honest with them, and that's the kind of culture that he that he's set. I would like to ask Haydad if that's cool, just because uh, Brian, we didn't talk about it earlier with you and me, but uh, when you were recording for Thunder Lightning. But I mean, what's what's state's thoughts about Frank Gore? I mean, you know, this is this is a, a dude that's legit running back.
1: Uh, he's outstanding. I mean, he's one of the the best running backs State will face this year. I mean, the last two games is, is not a, is not for the faint of heart with running backs with with him and then Judkins next week, um, and that's got to be State's number one focus is is slowing him down. If they if they don't, then hey, hey Luke, it's gonna be a long day.
2: I'm not sure that anybody in the media at State got around to asking Greg Knox what he thought about Frank Gore yesterday, though. <laughs> we we didn't have time to get to that. Nah, I know,
5: I know. Oh, uh, we should mention Richard that uh, had hey and and I have a uh, if if the Bulldogs win, I will I will take him out to lunch, and if the Eagles win, he will take me out to lunch.
2: There you go. That's correct. I, I'm feeling time. like that we have gotten to a to a difficult point. Um, you know, last year he and I had the uh, the Palmer home wager, and no terms were really ever set for this year. I, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to get him to set terms at this point.
5: They already set. They were set back in like August, uh, when you actually facilitated that on the show. So he and I will live up to whatever happens. He might actually get two Captain Crunch Bill shakes if something happens, but I will be getting a full rack of ribs from Lil Dewey if the Eagles win.
6: There
2: you go. It's true. Thanks, Luke.
5: All right, guys. Have a great day.
2: It's Luke Johnson, co-host of the Eagle Hour, joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out Favorites.com. And go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. We're back with you after this.
0: You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Welcome back, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Super Talk TV. Give me a heads up, about 25 minutes from now, Hugh Mina is going to join us. Hugh is the uh, president and CEO at C Spire. Um, C Spire. slash, previously, Cellular South, are celebrating 30 years of involvement with sports in the state of Mississippi. And when I first heard about that, I was like, oh, that's cool. They've been sponsoring stuff. And and I started going back and kind of looking at some of what they've been involved with. And it has been an incredible run. Going back to the very first phone call that was ever made on a Cellular South cell, uh, cell phone. And, and Hugh Mina, who who looks exactly today like he did thirty years ago in that picture with Archie Manning, calling Senator Trent Lott in Washington D.C. from a from a cell phone, and they've got the audio of that on a video on their website. You can check it out if you want to at slash uh, sports You had y'all versus us, which gave way to bright lights, the high school football games that were on Fox Sports South on Thursday nights. And I was I was fortunate to get to. To broadcast some of those games, and I think it was the the bright light. We, so we did. It's funny. This is the second time today I've mentioned this game. I, I spoke to a class earlier today and had a student ask me about the best individual performance I had ever seen in a game. October thirteenth, twenty eleven. Hey, Dad. Daphne at Fairhope. TJ Yeldon, Yeldon for about yeah. three fifty and five touchdowns while committed to Auburn, yeah. <laughs> only to switch that commitment later. And then a week later, we had Louisville and Knoxville County, and then a week after that had Madison Central and Northwest Rankin. year after that, it was Lafayette at Oxford, game that almost got postponed entirely, despite the fact that it was going to be on TV because of a hurricane that came through and the remnants of that. Jackson Prep and Pearl, Oak Grove and Petal, Picayune and Pascagoula. And those were, that was incredible. It was one of the really cool broadcasting experiences I've ever had. So, anyway, we'll talk with uh, Humina about some of that coming up in the uh, the five o'clock hour. Good to be with you. Um, Luke was, we're talking about the quarterback deal at at Southern Miss. Billy Wiles has more experience. But Crawford was really good. He he made that offense a little more dynamic in the the second half. I I'll be I'll be intrigued to see what Southern Miss does. What would you guess? Mix the two?
1: You would think, I mean, first off, as you know, as Luke said, you know, they got to make that decision. Are you, are you going to burn the red shirt on this kid? And if they are, which I yeah. I don't know. In this day and age of the transfer portal, I would. I just just play in cuz you never know. And
2: And look, you got two that games. That said left. yeah. And I don't I don't think you're doing yeah. wrong by the kid if you end up playing him in six games in his freshman season.
1: Yeah, like I said, in this day and age, you are you really counting on somebody being there for 4 years? I mean, that's 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 risky.
2: 5 in this case.
1: So Yeah. So yeah, just play him. So yeah I think they would mix it up you know kind of the way that we back in the early part of the season we thought state should have mixed it up with Mike Wright and Will Rogers, but I think USM has found that formula a little bit more successful and they they found they found the uh, the balance that works for them recently
2: I know the focus this week for Mississippi State has been on a transition at the top of the head coaching job, but have you heard anything? have you heard any whispers about Will Rogers and his progress and what that might look like on Saturday?
1: I might list if I was doing an injury list for like an NFL style, I might say questionable for Will Rogers, leaning towards probable. Okay. I th- I think he's got a good chance to play this weekend.
2: If he goes, do you think he goes? You think it's him? Yes, he would be. Yes, they would after what they've seen
1: these past few weeks, yeah, Will Rogers is the quarterback of this team. Yeah.
2: There was um <laughs> Look, I understand the frustration that existed at some time, but there was a or was there a the grass isn't always greener lesson that was taught in real time throughout the course of this season when all the people who were so weary of Will Rogers like, give us Mike Wright and then you're like, Oh, oh, well and it's give us Chris Parson. Give us give us back Will Rogers. Can we please have Will Rogers back? Yeah. Mm. A lot of experience there.
1: I, and I, I know you were asking uh, Luke. What, what about Woody Barks? I know you were. Don't expect him back.
2: What about for the egg ball?
1: Don't expect him back. Okay. No.
2: I might I know you were asking. Uh,
1: it is. I know you were asking uh, Luke about a bet between you and me, and he just misunderstood that. Yeah, he did. You have to come off a lot. You have to come off a lot of points to get me.
2: Get my action at this point. I mean, I was a good sport and wore three Mississippi State jerseys last year. You lost. Now, you're, you're we made gonna...
1: a ju- we made we I made a bet.
2: That. I understand that. So we didn't just let it ride.
1: No, we did not just let it ride.
2: Mm. How convenient! I'd for be you. up
1: one nothing though.
0: Yeah. How convenient for you? Yeah. Sports
2: talk, Mississippi, five o'clock hour coming up next.
0: Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team with live reports from games and practices, plus exclusive interviews. Weekday afternoons starting at 3 on supertalk.fm, the Super Talk Mississippi app, and always live on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station.
2: Coming up in about half an hour, we will get to the Fishy Line of the Week, brought to you by PTG Outdoors. That's, uh, again, coming up at 537 this afternoon. But right now, it is time for the college football fix. The college football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to BuyFordNow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. You can test drive one at your local Mississippi, uh, excuse me. I like bit the side of my jaw as I was trying to say Mississippi, and I sounded like Haley Barber all of a sudden at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Great to be with you this afternoon. College football fix. Let's. We're going to talk about the Miami Hurricanes? Maybe. Maybe. uh, Maybe not. There is no line on the Chattanooga at Alabama game this weekend.
3: My annual plea to make this weekend against the rules of the SEC, you have to have your non-conference games unless it is an approved rivalry for your final game of the season by the second week of October. The fact that this is the second-to-last weekend of the year in the SEC, when every other sport, there's so much on the line, and this is the garbage that the SEC gives us and the second-to-last weekend of the year is embarrassing, and it's, unbeco- it's, it's unbecoming of the league that fancies itself the gold standard of the sport. You mean restaurant Poppycock. goofy stuff on the walls and the mozzarella sticks? You mean shenanigans?
2: <laughs>
3: but seriously, this is a joke. This weekend's a joke,
2: and it should be outlawed. Ole Miss is a 36-and-a-half, 37-point favorite in their game at home on Saturday with an 11 a.m. kickoff against ULM. Mississippi State is a 14-point favorite against Southern Miss. Do I need to press pause on what we're talking about, Borky? Uh, According to the Bruin report, the
3: 24-7 site that covers UCLA, Chip Kelly expected to be fired after the
2: USC game. Well, okay then. Whoa. I mean, that loss I just to Arizona would like to point out, last week, not a good one. I
1: would just like to point out that as of this moment, Lane Kiffin has not denied that he has taken the UCLA job. Oh,
2: jeez. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so we're three days into A&M, two days into State, and now mere moments into UCLA.
2: Um, No line on the Texas A&M-Aveline Christian game. What do you make of Georgia as a ten and a half point favorite in Knoxville against Tennessee?
1: I think Georgia's. I think that grease is hot. I think they're going to go up there and just roll through them.
2: This, uh, you know, I, I kind of looked at it all week long last week, and then when it mm-hmm. got just a few minutes before kickoff, I'm like, "What do you mean Alabama's only favored by eleven against Kentucky?" And that turned into a really good decision. Yeah, smart move. I'm kind of feeling that same way. What do you mean Georgia's only a ten and a half point? Did you watch the games last weekend? Can Georgia play at the level that they played at home last Saturday night on the road this week against Tennessee?
1: I think so. I think Georgia's a team that, could, that that's just their level when they want it to be.
2: That's how Auburn, good they are. Auburn is favored by 23-and-a-half against New Mexico State.
1: What? No. Yeah. No. I, just...
2: No, come on. No. Wait, so New Mexico State's worse than Arkansas?
1: I mean, I don't know if they are or not, but, I mean, I, they're going to win by four touchdowns, I would think.
2: That I guess that's kind of what I'm getting at. Is that line big enough? Oh, okay. Okay, I did, thought you did, were going the Vegas, other way with that. No, All no. Right. Did Vegas pay attention? Missouri, at home, is an 11.5 point favorite against the Florida Gators.
3: Very curious to see where Missouri ends up tonight in the college football playoff rankings.
2: If May, may I just say, if you were a fan of the Mississippi Rebels... They prefer, also known as Jackie? Ole Miss, also known as Ole Miss. You, Jackie. Um. It, you, you want to work on your vertical clapping, all right? So, 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 <laughs> so none of this. Hard, you want to work on this vertical clapping, if you were an Ole Miss fan this week? Why? Because a loss from Missouri against Florida would virtually guarantee that Ole Miss would finish above Missouri in the final college football playoff standings and would help Ole Miss in the bowl selection process. Just saying. Yeah. Um, Arkansas is a 29.5-point favorite against FIU. There has been talk that Pittman's going to return. Yeah. Why? Uh I think there are Money? I think there are two reasons. One I'm not sure that Arkansas believes that they are as organized as they should be when it comes to football NIL to coincide with bringing in a new coach. And if you don't have all your ducks in a row ready to roll with a new coach coming in, then what's the point? That's number one. And number two, I'm not sure that Hunter Juracek, I mean, you remember when when Sam Pittman was hired? That was not an easy process for Arkansas. It just wasn't. They, they hem-hauled on the Lane Kiffin stuff and kind of balked at the money related to it, and they ended up missing out. And Arkansas fans love to engage in a little bit of revisionist history as it comes to the Lane Kiffin when Ole Miss got him and Arkansas didn't. But that's just the truth. And if you're going to get rid of a coach like Sam Pittman – it feels like you need to have a pretty good plan of where you're headed next. And I'm not sure that Arkansas, deep down, believes that it has a great plan for exactly where they would be headed next. I I think those are the those are the only two answers to me Borky that could make any sense. It's a bad place to be in in both cases. It is. Arkansas has invested heavily in basketball-related NIL. They have invested heavily in baseball-related NIL. And I'm not saying they haven't invested in NIL for football, but it does not appear to be nearly as organized or substantial as a bunch of other programs that they are competing against. Kentucky is a two-point favorite at South Carolina. I have no
3: idea. Gr- I mean, at least it's a conference game, but ooh.
2: Try, try to get a good gauge on that one. Good luck. LSU Where is, is favored it? by... Uh, it's in Columbia, South Carolina. Did you
3: guys see Shane Beamer yeah. had to address the rumors that he was a candidate at Mississippi State today? Did he Really? He was asked about it today.
2: What did he say?
3: Essentially, uh, I love Zach Selman. Uh, We had Thanksgiving together at one point, he he brought up. But we're just getting started here at South Carolina. I'm I'm not leaving South
1: Carolina. Good
2: response. Great
1: response. The kind of response (laughs) I think we all wanted to hear. (laughs) Has anyone heard from from Joe Judge yet?
2: LSU favored by 31 against Georgia State at home. I, I am curious. All right. R- r- yeah. Quick thought. Quick thought here. Jaden Daniels, in a lot of people's minds, has vaulted to the top of the Heisman board. Mm. It would be very tempting to say we have ridden Jaden Daniels really, really hard. Let's play him a little bit in the first half. And then take the foot off the gas and get him ready for that final game of the regular season against A and M. That would be very tempting. Yeah. Or, but, but, but also, it would be very tempting to see if he could go roll up another 450 yards through the air and five touchdown passes to pad those stats that people are going to yeah. be looking at when it pertains to the Heisman. Which, which philosophy wins out?
1: They'll they'll let him play and give him the first half and see how much he can do.
3: Jay Daniels, i got to be quick, is first in total yards per game in the Power 5, total touchdowns, second in passing yards, first in passing touchdowns per game, first in rushing yards per game, sixth in rushing touchdowns per game, first in QBR, first in passer rating, first
2: in yards per play, first in touchdown percentage, and sixth in completion percentage. He's the best player in college football. Yep. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be back with you right after this A second and you are in front of your computer, there is a web address that you need to check out. cSpire.com/slash sports. We talk about cSpire all the time, but this is something different. CSPI is celebrating what they are calling 30 years of winning. And to talk more about that, Humina joins us uh, this afternoon. He's the chairman of and Chief Executive at uh, at Seaspire, Hugh, always appreciate a few minutes of your time. Uh, looking forward to, to talking about this campaign that you guys have got going on.
6: Yeah, Richard, good to, good to be with you. We're excited about it and kind of kind of stumbled into it, to uh, the celebration that we're, we're having. And, uh, you know, the Ole Miss, Ole Miss basketball team is doing a throwback game at the Tad Smith Coliseum. And it got us thinking about how long we've been sponsoring events and going back to our, the time when our name was Sailor South. And we looked up, Jim Richmond and I were talking, and we've been doing this for about 30 years, uh, sponsoring in a big way and supporting and co-branding with uh, athletic programs from around the state and now around the South. And it's been a big part of what we do. It's been instrumental in our success. And uh, we are actually going to be sponsoring the game uh, Friday night uh, under the brand of Cellular South because uh, when the old Tad Pad was in use, that was the, the brand that we operated under.
2: And and that's going to bring up some good memories for uh, for some people. So that's coming up Friday night at Tad Smith Coliseum, the Cellular South throwback game at the Tad Pad. Uh, also had finalists announced for the Connerly Trophy, which will be awarded on the Tuesday night after the Egg Bowl, so that's the Tuesday night after Thanksgiving, and, and we can get into that in a little while. But Hugh, I, I got to tell you, I'm proud of you. You, you uh, I've known you for, I guess, over a decade now, and you and I've had some pretty serious conversations along the way. And uh, I, I'm paraphrasing here, but but you're more of a windshield guy than a rearview mirror guy. Yeah, you you have always been about looking forward. And looking at what's next, and so you looking back, was there some memory lane for you, maybe even some stuff that you had forgotten about that Cellular South slash C Spire had been involved with over the course of the last three decades?
6: Uh, absolutely, Richard. It has been fun to stop and look back because you're right, I do like to look uh, through the front glass and not out the rearview mirror. But it's been fun uh, real, realizing what we've done, and you actually have been part of some of that, uh, the, yeah. the y'all versus us bright lights games that we did, groundbreaking work in high school football. Back when high school football was not put on the air, we we partnered with Fox Sports South and broadcast uh, rivalry games from across Mississippi and parts of Alabama and uh, it was a huge success and this was prior to uh, many of the high school games being on on TV as they are today being broadcast uh, whether it be live stream or however they might be this was way before that and and doing that with really an NFL high quality was groundbreaking and uh, that was one thing and I don't know if you'll remember our game plan program but what we did is we are, we utilized people to go into some of the high schools in, around the state of Mississippi. And work with student athletes on how to be, how to prepare for ACT tests, and what all you needed to do to be able to enroll in, in universities across the state or across the south. And uh, that there was uh, there there wasn't a lot of information out that out there in the high school ranks at that time about what all these student high school student athletes had to do. So we took it upon ourselves. Uh, to do that, and, you know, back in the day, uh, there'd be, you know, they had the dandy dozen, and several of them would not be qualified at the end of the season. And game plan eradicated that, and got uh, a lot of the top players from around uh, Mississippi uh, eligible. And really, did is more of a teaching thing, and where we were able to work with guidance counselors and all to be able to teach on what it takes to be eligible across the uh, 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 high school. Spectrum of being able to qualify for college athletics. So, look, looking at all that, of course, you mentioned the Seaspire uh, Connolly Trophy. It once was a Sailor South Connolly Trophy, and just some of the yeah. great athletes you get to be around uh, when you're doing that. Uh, we also sponsor the Howell, Gillum, and Ferris Trophies at other times, and uh, fortunate to partner. Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame on those wonderful events and continue to do so with the uh, ceasefire spire Conley event that's uh, coming up very soon.
2: So, Hugh, there there are lots of companies that choose to align their brands with uh, sports properties. I don't mm-hmm. know, I certainly in Mississippi, but frankly I'm not sure anywhere that I can think of a company that has, has fully immersed itself with as many different high schools, universities and sports, organiza- uh, sports organizations with the level of commitment that you have. So so I want to go back to the beginning of kind of this 30-year run. Mm-hmm. Why did you initially decide that hey, yes, we're going to advertise on TV. Yes, we're going to advertise on the radio, but we're really going to focus on sports.
6: Yeah. That's a, that's a good question and and I can answer that by saying Thirty years ago, twenty years ago, ten years ago, and last week, whenever you're marketing anything, you have to do two things: you have to get the the target audience's attention, and there has to be emotion generated so they remember the messaging that you're trying to get to them. And sports does does that. It is hard to ignore sports. It gets your attention in Mississippi, whether you be a high school. Uh, basketball fan, or a college football fan, or a, a pro baseball fan—whatever whatever it might be—sports get you know just bring in a lot of uh, eyeballs and gets people attention. And then, so you have the opportunity when those emotions are generated from uh, by the sports teams and the target audience you're trying to reach. It really makes our job of marketing. Uh, much easier and so we've seen the same thing in music we've, we we, we a lot of people uh, are just as passionate about music as many of us are about sports and so we've we've utilized that platform as well but um, being able to get um, the audience's attention and be able to generate those emotions is so important to top-notch marketing and we we have a top-notch marketing team have for many decades and that continues to be the be the case and they do a wonderful job of generating uh, those emotions and tying into them and getting the word out about our wonderful products and services.
2: Hugh, I think there are a lot of people that remember the, the high school football games on TV. You mentioned that a second ago. I was fortunate to be a part of that, and, and that was not a shoestring budget operation by any stretch. It was really, really well done. Yeah, I know the, the, the whole story is longer, but can you kind of give us the the Reader's Digest version of how that came to be?
6: Well, we you know, one of the things that we have always – we like to set the pace and do things before others are doing it. We like to be ground – you know, take a groundbreaking approach and be leaders. And at that time, you know, certainly college sports <laughs> was being done at a high-quality level. Obviously, NFL sports were. But high school was not at that time. Barely, just only a few high school – uh, football games were being broadcast, and it was hard to find if it was, and it was low quality if you could stand to watch it. But uh, we decided we're going to bring that, you know, college football NFL type approach to high school football because if we're going to do it, we're going to do it right, and uh, it, we just saw an opportunity to lead, and uh, and now you can. T- there's so many games, high school games that are broadcast uh, uh, or, uh, or or shown via uh, uh, live stream and that, that's a, a really good thing. We're glad to kind of be a leader in that endeavor. But that um that, it was just a, we saw an opportunity to do something that hadn't been done and that's always a lot of fun, whether you're introducing cellular telephones in uh nineteen eighty eight or introducing fiber the home in two thousand thirteen. It doesn't matter. We're we're all about leading and um that's uh that's just kinda who we are and what we do.
2: So the um the the picture and the video from Archie Manning making the first phone call on a cellular South phone, uh you haven't changed a bit. You you look exactly the same.
6: <laughs> yeah, that's that, thank you. I appreciate that.
2: <laughs> but Thirty years younger. What what a neat way to uh to begin a company that has been so much. Um, tell us just a little bit more. We've only got a couple of minutes left uh, about the throwback game that's coming up at Tad Smith and what people are going to see on, on Friday night.
6: Well, I'm hoping they'll see you climb up in the catwalk at the top of the Coliseum and throw out those red and blue streamers like they used to do. We've yeah. got you signed up for that, Richard. I hope Good. you'll take us up on that.
2: I, I have been on that catwalk, believe it or not, and it is a long way up. Yeah. <laughs>
6: It is a long way up. We'll 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 provide you a little rope to tie into so you won't in case you don't trip or something. But no, uh enough. that's that's a, that one of my memories of that old Tassmith Coliseum. Uh we hope we don't get rained out. You know, that's always just something you have to worry about there. But <laughs> <Yeah>. it's hate uh, <laughs> But it, it hate
2: to, to laugh with that one, you...
6: Hugh. <laughs> it's a It's a fun place I have a lot of memory memories of being in there a lot of good good ball games played over over many years so th- that'll that'll be fun and uh you'll see a lot of Sailor South old Sailor South logos and <laughs> really and cool. uh references will be made on the speaker system and so it we're, it'll be fun going back in time and uh, we're you know like we said, we're throwing back our brand as Ole Miss is throwing back its venue uh for this game.
2: Hugh, really appreciate your time. Congratulations on 30 years of success and sponsorship with programs all over the state. And, and thanks for the, uh, the commitment, not just to our show, but for all that you've done in the sports world. Always good to catch up.
6: Thank you so much, Richard. Appreciate it.
2: Well, that is Hugh Mina, the CEO and chairman at C Spire joining us. We're back right after this.
0: This, this is...
2: My dad thought that was, uh, he thought that was pretty good when he said we'll hope for not having a rain out on uh on Friday night. <laughs> I did. He a little I chuckle, did. didn't it? It did. Got a little chuckle. Hey, it is uh it is time for the fishy line of the week, and it's brought to you by PTG Outdoors. PT out uh, PTG Outdoors is one of Mississippi's best stores for outdoorsmen. You want to be on the water? You need to be at PTG Outdoors. Brands that they carry in the boating world are Camus and Thor Boats. Plus, they've got Mercury Marine Motors of all shapes and sizes. Also, they are your Garmin authorized warranty retailers, so you're guaranteed to find the big fish wherever you drop anchor. Two locations to serve you in Greenville and in Grenada. Online at PTGOutdoors.com with a new location headed your way soon in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. PTG Outdoors brings you the fishy line of the week. You guys have had a chance to look at all of the numbers going into this weekend. What smells funny?
1: Well, I figure I'm going to talk enough about state, but... Just know that state doesn't deserve to be a 14-point favorite over literally any school in America right right this second. But the one that I'm looking at that I don't get at all, Louisville is a one-point favorite over Miami. This is the same Louisville team. They've they've been really good this year. They had the bad game against Notre Dame. But other than that, they've been pretty solid throughout the year. And Miami has just been up and down and up and down and... I I don't I struggle to get a I mean this game is basically a pick 'em I mean I get it but it's not like it's not like Miami is this fortress so uh where teams can't can't win at one point I mean it's basically a pick 'em I, I don't I don't get the one on that's mine that's my fishy line of the
2: week Louisville minus one over Miami hey that says that stinks fishy line like. Somebody threw a fish in the back seat and it sat there for two weeks in the middle of the sunshine. Summertime. It's been there. That kind yeah. of smell. Yeah. Orky. Fishy.
3: Uh, Washington State's an under, uh, excuse me, not Washington State. Undefeated, number five, Washington is an underdog this weekend. I know weird. it's on the road. Oregon State's very good. Despite my pleas yesterday, Jonathan Jonathan Smith does not appear to be a candidate at Mississippi State. We'll see. But Washington being an underdog to Oregon State is not right. Something's up there. Can DJ get the signature win that Dabo couldn't lead him to? Because Dabo's not a good coach anymore. Had to take my shot.
2: Uh, But (laughs) man. (laughs) Death. That's across the country. And, and Borky riding dabble, Buddy, dabble I, I like want, a horse.
3: I want him to get that AM job so bad, guys, because we could do this not twice a year anymore, but likely on an annual basis. It, it'll be great. But yeah, that doesn't add up, man. Is Oregon State about to. It won't be an upset, but is this going to be the chaos weekend? I've got another one, too, that would lead you to believe that, man, the odds makers think that chaos is coming this Saturday.
2: So for my fishy line of the week, we go to the Atlantic Coast Conference. Mm. There is not a coach in America that gets slept on quite the way that Dave Doran gets slept on at NC State. And here we are again, NC State quietly going about their business, 7-3 and three on the year, They're headed to Lane Stadium, but it's not a night game at Lane Stadium. It's a 2.30 kickoff on the ACC network at Lane Stadium in Blacksburg, Virginia. Virginia Tech has, at times, looked good this year, but it's been a bit of a roller coaster for Virginia Tech. Like, they got boat raced in Week 3 at Rutgers. Lost that game 35-16. to They lost at Marshall. They got smoked by Florida State, but then they had this stretch where they beat Wake Forest by three scores. They beat Syracuse by four touchdowns. Then they played a good team in Louisville and got beat 34-3. to But last week, they went on the road to Boston College and just smoked them. You don't really know what you're going to get with Virginia Tech. What I do know is that NC State is better than Virginia Tech. And yet Virginia Tech is a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home over NC State. <laughs> Something doesn't smell right in this one. Wolfpack going to get bitten by a turkey on the road? I don't know. <laughs> Something doesn't smell right. Tis the season. It's Thanksgiving. That's the other way around nowadays, right? Uh, uh, I'm not right. saying. That's I'm not one. saying it's wrong. I'm just saying that one doesn't smell quite right. That is your fishy line of the week, brought to you by PTG Outdoors, locations in Greenville and Grenada. And look, if you have an outdoorsman in your life, generally speaking, they're hard to buy for. Because our friends who are outdoorsmen, they get the things that they need, right? Right? If it's, if it's new hunting gear, they get it. If it's shells or weaponry or boating accessories, they get it. So what better way to find the perfect gift for the outdoorsman in your life than by going to a place that that's what they do every single day. They work with outdoorsmen. That's what they do at PTG Outdoors. And they <coughs> will help you come up with the gift for the outdoorsman in your life that will have them unwrap it and then look at you sideways, and they're going to be like, wait, how would you know? You don't have to tell them your secret, but you know the secret. It's PTG Outdoors. Visit them online at PTGOutdoors.com.
1: So let's go back to state and southern. State, a 14-point, or I guess am I looking at it here, it's it's 13-and-a-half, and and the over-under, 46-and-a-half. For a team for Mississippi State, they can't score. Like I feel like if state when state wins this game, it's going to be low scoring. I don't like anything about this line right now, whatsoever.
3: If Rogers plays, nothing about though. It.
1: Maybe I just don't know how much confidence and and give a crap this team has right now. I mean, I, this is a game that you're going to watch the first two drives, and then I can tell you exactly how the rest of the game is going to go. State comes out, and they're up 14 nothing, and they're crisp, and Rodgers is throwing the ball. Okay, all right, no issues. They struggle. Southern gets on the board
2: early. It's going to be a long day in Starville. Yeah, and, you know. It, it, if we were doing two questions, and, and maybe we will for Southern Miss on, on Friday of this week, it it might yeah. make sense to kind of kind of rope them into this for two questions this week. I'll go ahead and tell you the Southern Miss absolutely must do what if they're going to win in Starkville? They got to throw the first punch. And I'm not talking, mm-hmm. like, it, it's not easing into the middle of the ring and kind of tap and try. I mean, it is bolting out of your corner and reaching back and swinging with an absolute haymaker. Yeah. You do that. I agree. State might fold.
1: They got a shot. They got a shot.
2: But if they don't, then it'll just be kind of goes through the motions, state wins, eventually pulls away, and you turn your attention to the Egg Bowl, and the result is what most people thought it would be all season long. So... um Ben says if Rodgers doesn't play, USM wins by 10. That's just my opinion. Look, there is is one thing that Southern Miss has to deal with that they do not see, and, and this is not a shot, it's just true. The speed in the Southeastern Conference is at a different level than the overall team speed that Southern Miss encounters in the Sun Belt on a week-in, week-out basis. And regardless of what Mississippi State's record is, there is significant team speed and an advantage in, in that particular category. But State's got to exploit that advantage, right? That, that they've got to mm-hmm. use Tulu Griffin. They've got to use Avion Thomas. <clears throat> they, they've got to – I mean, this is going to be a weekend where Mississippi State's linebackers look faster than they actually are. I mean, I, I I think Jet Johnson will look faster on the field this week. So we'll we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. And, and that's not taking away from from Jet Johnson at all. It's the leading second leading tackler in the SEC besides his besides his teammate uh, besides Buki. So. I guess the only point that I'm making there is if you wanted to downgrade one part of Jet Johnson's game in particular, despite being an absolute tackling machine, if you made him instead of a four seven or four eight guy, or a four eight or four nine guy, you made him four five, four six? Oh, he'd be <laughs> one
1: of the first picks in the draft.
2: No doubt.
0: No doubt. No doubt. Sports Talk Mississippi.
4: What is going on here?
0: Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. It's about time. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Belk Ford, Highway 6 West in Oxford with special APR rates as low as 1.9% on vehicles on their lot right now. Check out and test drive the brand new 2023 and soon-to-be 2024 F-150s. Great selection um, that is in their inventory right now. And one of the really cool things they're doing Mm -hmm. at Belk Ford is, uh, is pickup and delivery. They will pick up and return your vehicle when it needs service. It's part of U-Mode, the convenience of owning a Ford made just for you in conjunction with Belk Ford. If you're in the Oxford area, they will pick your vehicle up, take, uh, take it to the shop, handle the service that it needs, and bring it back to you all at no charge. You can even schedule it on the app. You can ask them about that when you stop in to visit Belk Ford, Oxford Toyota, Highway 6 West in Oxford. And when you stop by, tell them you heard about them on Sports Talk Mississippi. We have the finalists for the 2023 C Spire Connerly Trophy. A couple things you got to remember. Um, there was a watch list that was kind of put out a few weeks ago. And when we get to this point in the season, each school, each football playing school in Mississippi, submits their candidate for the C Spire Connerly Trophy. So if there is a player on Mississippi State's team that you think should have been submitted, well, it's the school that made the decision to submit the player that they submitted. So what you should have said is, Brian Haydad. Here you go. Aaron Allen, quarterback, Corn State, sixth-year player, transfer from Louisiana Tech, uh over 2000 yards through the air, nearly 100 on the ground, 15 total touchdowns. <clears throat> Bellhaven running back Colby Blunt. And by the way, this is a Bellhaven team that has been doing really really big stuff this year. Um Bellhaven just won its conference championship. They finished the regular season 9 and 1 and they are making the Division Three playoffs for the very first time. Such so, a cool
3: little stadium there, too. They've done a really mm-hmm. nice job. They were building it when I lived in the neighborhood, and now it looks uh, much more complete, and it's, it's great.
2: So uh, let's see. They play North Central out of Illinois this Saturday in the first round of the playoffs. North Central is the defending D3 national champion. They've won two of the last three overall, so tall task coming up. Congratulations to Blaine McCorkle. And that entire Bellhaven staff and all those players headed to the D three playoffs. Uh, Colby Blunt from Bellhaven, their running back, seventeen touchdowns in ten games this season, and over twelve hundred yards rushing. For Delta State, Patrick Shigog, second time he's been nominated for the Connolly Trophy. He's put up big numbers for this playoff bound team at Delta State. Uh, over twenty, nearly twenty two hundred yards with twenty five touchdowns, just two interceptions and uh, nearly 550 yards with 11 touchdowns on the ground. Good numbers for Shegog this year. Irv Mulligan at Jackson State, he's a running back, has been nominated, 681 yards rushing with five touchdowns this season. Millsap's punter, Ethan Klapich, has been nominated. He's averaging 45.8 yards per punt this year. For Mississippi College, it is running back Marcus Williams, they had a, a good rushing attack this year, finished the season with 851 yards and three touchdowns, Louisiana native. Nathaniel Buki Watson, linebacker at Mississippi State, is the Bulldogs nominee, uh, leads the SEC in sacks. He's got nine of them. The Maplesville, Alabama native is second in the conference with 95 total tackles, trailing only his teammate, Jet Johnson. Mississippi Valley State has nominated an offensive lineman, Rodney Luckett. He is the center on that team. Big boy at 330 pounds. For Ole Miss, it is Quinshawn Judkins, the reigning Connerly Trophy winner. An All-American is on pace to go over 1,000 yards once again this season. Fourth in the SEC with 868 yards and has scored 14 touchdowns this season. And finally, from Southern Miss, Frank Gore, Jr., after a slow start to the year, he has bounced back in style. Over 500 rushing yards in the last three games, 970 for the year, 133 through the air, 11 touchdowns scored also. That is Frank Gore Jr. Those are your ten finalists for the Connerly Trophy, which will be presented on two weeks from tonight, November 28th. There you go.
1: I guess we'll save our takes for that for tomorrow.
2: Yeah, we're kind of kind of late on the... Uh... Yeah. Somebody said <clears throat> she got graduated from South Panola in roughly 2005. It does feel like he's been doing <laughs> it, uh, playing football in the state of Mississippi for, uh, for quite some time. Uh, great list of finalists, though, as is always the case, and certainly there are guys that you could have put in there that are not in there. Again, it's up to the schools to submit their finalists for the award, and... Those are the submissions. Thanks for being with us. Fun Tuesday afternoon. For Michael Borkey and Brian Haydeb. I'm Richard Cross in the Pearl River Resort Studio. We'll talk to you tomorrow afternoon.